This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Selkie, from the locker room to the boardroom. Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drive results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll be a better person and a better leader, coach, athlete, parent, or spouse because of it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Selking, and we are in season two called Mindset Mondays. Again, every Monday, we're coming to you with a different topic that we need to learn how to think about like a champion so that we can deliver performance excellence on a more consistent basis. And at the Selking Performance Group, we really help individuals, teams, and organizations from the locker room to the boardroom, right? So from the sports space to the business space, understand how to build mindsets and systems to help generate this consistent element of performance that we're looking for, both on an individual level, a team level, um, and a complete organization. And so this week in episode 14, we are going to be looking at a championship mindset on ambiguity. Again, a mindset is a patterned way of thinking about anything. And these patterned ways of thinking are actually protein patterns that get built up in your mind. And the beautiful part about the brain, right, is it's just like a muscle. And so if we use muscles, they get bigger and stronger, right? And if we don't, they get weaker. And so if we happen to have mindsets that aren't necessarily conducive to performance excellence, the beautiful thing is if we stop thinking that way and start thinking like a champion and repeating these thoughts and perspectives about how champions think and perceive different scenarios, then we can actually build mindsets or these protein patterns in our brain at the neurological level to literally transform the way we think, function, and therefore show up to different situations and scenarios. This week in uh, my class, so I teach a strategic human resource management class at the Mendoza College of Business at the University of Notre Dame, and I had one of my dear friends, um, mentors since my freshman year at Notre Dame, so it's been, geez, over over 10 years that he has been a critical influencer and, and thought developer in my life as, a, as an individual and as a professional. Uh, Mr. Bill Brennan, he's now the Executive Vice President for Workforce Planning and Human Resources with the U.S. Dairy Industry, so again, a huge organization. And he came back to speak to our students and did a whole session and workshop on personal branding, which was massively powerful for our students. Um, But one of the things that he talked about that he always looks for in people that he's hiring or having conversations with those that he's mentoring is how do you think about and deal with and process ambiguity, right? Because the reality of it is in work, in life, we don't know the answers to everything up front. We don't know how everything is going to unfold. And so being able to deal with, live in, and even thrive in ambiguous situations and scenarios is very important. 
It's been interesting this year um, working with these students because I think a lot of times they struggle with that. You know, they, they want very clear grading rubrics, which I understand that that clarity of the standard of what we're going for is important so that we understand how we're being evaluated. But on the flip side, they struggle with understanding that I'm giving them a lot of freedom and a lot of capacity to design their work outputs based on what they feel would be best given the deliverable. So whether it's a case analysis or um, you're developing a, a company and a construct, you're constructing that and need to pitch it to a board, right? These are going to come um, and, and look, the output of those are going to look very different depending on your audience. And so I really wanted to give them a space this year to be able to think creatively and think about how to match their output to the specific deliverable that they've been given. And some of them really struggle with that. And so that sense of ambiguity and, and learning to deal with that and embrace it, and, and again, even thrive in it, has been a challenge. So I really wanted to come and share with all of you today about how do champions view ambiguity, right? And and we can look at this in different ways. We can look at this as broadly speaking, you know, um, how is my next year going to unfold? If let's say in my in my position as a consultant, right? How do how do your years unfold in terms of your client base, etc.? Um, but even in terms of a specific project that we might be working on. And so I'm going to give you six mindset markers. Again, markers are just indicators of something that might be to come. So if we hear a person saying these certain things or thinking this. This way, that would be a marker or an indicator that they're thinking right, right, or thinking like a champion about that scenario. And so, again, every week we give you these mindset markers that you can start identifying. Hey, yeah, I have that one. That must mean I'm on. I'm onto the right thinking pattern here. Or mm, I've never really thought about it that way. How can I explore that understanding a little bit different and even start to build that mindset marker in my own brain, right, or way of thinking about different scenarios to make sure that I'm coming at everything that I attack on a daily basis, whether it's work or school or sport or family, in a way that is, again, going to drive me and my team or my family or my organization forward towards our goals and objectives. So the first mindset marker that a champion has on ambiguity, right, is we don't we might not know what's going to happen, but this mindset marker is my preparation breeds confidence. And I am confident in my preparation that whatever might unfold, I'm going to be prepared to handle it. A great example of this, uh, a traumatic example of this, and I think I've referenced it before, is is um, what went down during 9-11. Um, you know, I had the opportunity to listen to former Mayor Rudy Giuliani speak at Coach Holtz's Hall of Fame event in Ohio, and he said that they planned for everything in terms of what might happen um, on an attack, a terrorist attack of their city, right? So whether it was anthrax or whether it was the subway system or whether it was fires or whatever might, they, they knew where every tunnel was, every exit of every building, and they, they went through simulation training to help them fully prepare for anything that might come their way. He said, and literally, we never thought about an airplane coming out of the plane into a building. However, because we were so fully prepared in all of these other domains, we were able to go into action immediately. He said people stopped, I mean, again, stopped thinking, quote unquote, right, and just went into action. But we were able to do that because we were prepared. And this is an essence to ambiguity that I think sometimes we lose and forget about. 
We, this is why our preparation is so, so critically important in everything that we do. So whatever your craft is or whatever your art is, being really prepared and thinking about all of the different avenues or ways that you might be called on to deliver or areas of understanding that you need to know about your business or your client or your sport or your opponent is going to prepare you literally at the subconscious level. So what happens is that starts informing your subconscious because our conscious mind has a limited processing capacity, right? It's it's like an eight ounce cup of water. It only holds eight ounces, but our subconscious has almost infinite space, right? And so the more we prepare, the more we're instilling in our subconscious that we can draw on in moments when we need to be able to show up and execute. So the first mindset marker is that confidence is derived from my preparation. And I am confident in that preparation that regardless of what comes about, I'm going to be prepared to execute. And that helps mitigate the anxiety and the stress and the uncertainty that often comes with ambiguity. The next mindset markers for for champions are that contingency plans aren't backup plans, right? Contingency plans are exactly that, contingency plans. And that actually is part of preparation as well, is building contingency plans in, well, if this doesn't happen, then this might, or, you know, what is my plan if it goes down this way? And so I think a lot of people are like, well, I don't want to have a backup plan because if, if we have a backup plan, then that means I'm not all in on my initial plan. Well... Maybe, but not really, right? Contingency plans are more about understanding that, listen, you can't control everything. And a lot of things are, in fact, out of your control. And so when we have contingency plans, what that allows us to do is to shift very quickly. When when one plan goes awry, we can activate and, and get involved and, and execute the next plan very efficiently and effectively. And so, again, whether this looks like if you're a salesperson, or an athlete, you know, you need to have contingency plans and and little things like as an athlete, right? So um, I work a lot with hockey players and, and I know that hockey players are great at contingency plans in terms of backup pairs of skates, backup sticks. I mean, do you want your, your, first go-to stick or skates that you really, really love to either uh, have a malfunction for you on, on game day? No, absolutely not. But if you don't contingency plan for something like that happening, now all of a sudden you, you have to come out of the game and sit out until you can get uh, a new pair of skates or go get, you know borrow one of your buddy sticks. And so hockey players are actually very, very good at contingency planning in terms of making sure that they have elements that they can lock into if something goes wrong. And and I think that is a very effective way for champions to really think, right? It's not a backup plan, it's a contingency plan. And and, and champions, I was going to say athletes, right? But champions in any domain, whether it's sports or business or, or your family, right? Is that, hey, we have to have contingency plans because it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always going to go according to plan. But what makes um, the champions and champ, how champions think about having to go into a contingency plan is that, yes, there's there's ambiguous situations that are going to come up and unfold, but I've got a plan for that. And so that's, again, that type of preparation that breeds a confidence in how we are going to be able to show up and deliver despite things not going according to plan A. 
The next championship mindset marker of ambiguity is, listen, there's no failure, only feedback. And so champions understand that when they go into an ambiguous situation, um, if it doesn't go perfectly, they're going to learn from it and they're going to adjust and adapt. I had a colleague when I worked um, in SPX that her boss asked her to put together um, a, a meeting meeting notes guide, right? That for all of the international calls that they were on as an as a new employee, she could contribute and add value by taking notes throughout the the meeting and then sending them out to um, all of the participants. And so did she know what exactly he was referring to? No. She was like, I never really developed meeting notes and knowing what needs to go into each of those and and the different components to it. But I took it on as a challenge and I developed this template. And so our first meeting, I was taking notes and thought I was doing a great job. And so I took them to my boss um, before I emailed them out. And he was, he sort of looked at it and he nodded and, and he said, you can do a lot better than this. And she was sort of taken aback. Um, but she said, okay, tell me how to do this better. And he said, okay, one of the critical things that is important in taking meeting and agenda notes is knowing who's all at the meeting and how long the meeting lasted. And then also what were the key deliverables for each individual? And so, whereas she had noted, you know, the name of the team and and had a relatively pretty template put together and took very detailed notes, some critical elements that from his perspective as an executive are really important to know, i.e how long did the meeting last and which members of his team were actually present on the call, and then specifically who the um, next steps and uh, um, like next agenda items were assigned to were three things that he thought was critically important from his perspective that she had missed just because she'd never done that before and never been in that environment. And so... What very easily could have turned into a self-deprecating experience of, oh, maybe I'm not good, maybe I'm not cut out for this, or why didn't he give me more clear assignment up front instead of making me feel like an idiot? She really just engaged this growth mindset perspective to say, all right, this wasn't a failure, this was feedback, and I learned a ton. And so she went back and retooled the template, and he was even more blown away and said, you know what I really love about you is that you know when I give you an assignment or give you feedback, you take that and you don't only implement implement, you know, what I told you to implement, but you take it to another whole level and this looks excellence. So there was no failure. There was only feedback. And that is the mindset of a champion. And one of the questions I think that comes from that then is, well, how do I build that mindset marker in me? Because I tend to take things very personally when I get feedback. And what I would say to you is that if you are really committed to excellence, you have to set your ego aside and you have got to be maniacal about not taking anything personally, about saying, okay, I am going to use this as a growth experience. How am I going to get better from this? And think forward, fail forward. I think that John Maxwell actually has a book called Fail Forward. I will put that in the episode notes for you and make sure the title is correct. But that that is a critical component to um, c- constant improvement, right? And consistent improvement. And that that is one of the elements of champions, right? It's not going to be perfect right away, but we don't want to be perfect right away. We need to get better and better and better and better. And continuous improvement is part of setting your ego aside, listening to the feedback, and being so committed to you being your best that you don't have time to think negatively about yourself and take things personally. 
personally. So start thinking that way as you get feedback. And you're going to have to check yourself because it's not easy, right? I mean, when we're really committed to our work and committed to excellence, when people give us some feedback that isn't complimentary or challenges us, it's very easy to, to... take a step back or have a hiccup. And it's okay. Take a deep breath and keep plowing forward. The next mindset marker of a champion on ambiguity is closed doors or blessings. And one story that I love is of Tony Dungy when he took over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, he he took a program that had been flailing for years, right? And just became so insistent on those guys doing things the right way. You know, he told them in the locker room they were going in to play the Raiders and they had just lost several games by less than six points. And and he found out that night before that two guys had missed appearances that they were supposed to be a part of. And he came into the meeting the next day. They were supposed to play the Raiders. The Raiders were coming into Tampa. And he said, listen, guys, we can have practices. We can design drills for you. We can critique your tackling and all this stuff. But quite honestly, we're not going to get better until you all decide that everything you do matters and that you have got to do things the right way on and off the field. And interestingly enough, so he left the room and And the guys talked and they came back and and wound up beating the Raiders uh, in overtime of that game. And that was really sort of a pivotal point in that program. And so he led them into national prominence where they made playoffs and, and, and were consistent for several years under his leadership. However, he couldn't get to the Super Bowl with them. And so he actually wound up getting fired after coming off several seasons of of winning, right? Winning percentages with this organization. And he drove away from the Bucks organization one January and just thought to himself, wow, what just happened. You know, talk about being in an ambiguous situation where your entire family is is counting on you. And, you know, he made the comment too that being an African-American coach at that time, he didn't know when he might get his next opportunity. And that for him was an incredibly ambiguous situation. And so instead of becoming incredibly anxious or being bitter and getting really angry, he said he turned to his faith and just really asked God to open some doors for him and to to trust that through this closed door, something else would happen. Within eight days, Jim Irsay from the Colts called Tony Dungy and offered him the head coaching job. And so, listen, without without the Bucks, there would be no Colts. And that's, I mean, when you think of Tony Dungy, that's what you think of, of Peyton Manning and the Colts and the Super Bowl. And so he went to the Colts organization and wound up doing what at the Colts what he could never accomplish at the Bucks, which was winning a Super Bowl because he couldn't get the offense generated down in the Buccaneers. And yet again, champions view closed doors as blessings. Well, if that door closed, well, I can't wait to see what's next. And that that listen, that's not an easy thing to do because you know in Dungy's situation it was eight days, but that's not always the case. And so we have to understand that regardless of the hiatus that might exist when one door closed and the next opportunity opens, if we are doing things the right way and we have a solid foundation laid in our process and our preparation and we believe that we are going to be able to execute when the next opportunity comes, then we have to see that, well, whatever whatever door that closed right there. I have to trust that the next is opening. Again, and for Tony Dungy, if the door hadn't closed on the Bucks, the door wouldn't have opened with the Colts. And we wouldn't maybe be talking about him as a Hall of Fame inducted coach at, at this season of his life and career. 
Which I think leads us into the next mindset marker of a champions, because again, with ambiguity, there's a lot of uncertainty, right? That's sort of the crux and core of, of ambiguous situations. And what I think Tony Dungy is a great example of is that clear values drive consistent behavior. And so, you know, regardless of what might happen or regardless of what scenario we might find ourselves in, if we have a clear and coherent set of values that are integrated into who we are as an individual and we know how those values apply to different situations and scenarios that we're in, well, then we can trust that our behavior, regardless of what might come about, is going to be consistent. And so that's what, you know, in those eight days of Tony Dungy's life or those eight weeks or those eight months or those eight years that some people go through these sort of winter seasons, if we have a clear set of values, you know, we can trust that we are going to weather that storm well. I read this really interesting article one time that said, um, you know, how all the, there's all these you know, magazine articles about seven things to look for in a spouse, right? And so it was really interesting, this article, it said the one thing that you need to look for in a spouse that is rarely talked about because it's not necessarily romantic is, do they suffer well? <laughs> and and that sounds that sounds crazy, but for those of us who have been through seasons of life that have been incredibly challenging, whether that's a, a lull in business, right? Or whether that's a, a sickness or an illness for yourself or a loved one, or losing someone close to you, you or you know going through business transitions that are really challenging do you suffer well and i think that that is a really powerful question for us to consider and for us to reflect on our core values because when we talk about consistent behavior and we talk about performance excellence a lot of times that's in the midst of opportunity and excitement and deadlines and in high energy and fast paced environments but the reality of life and the reality of business and the reality of sport is that there there are going to be very rough patches, very difficult seasons of sport, of life, of business. And are your core values equipped to drive consistent behavior even amid struggle? And that, I think, is what can help. That, that's why champions view ambiguity in a little bit different ways, because they trust who they are. They trust that even, even in, in any situation, in any scenario that comes up, they are going to be the same person and be able to apply those values to dominate, right? Whether that's dominating success or dominating uh, really tough situations and scenarios and moments of suffering that we might go through. So again, clarify your values. Who are you? What does that mean to you in high times? And what does that mean to you in low times? Because that's where we start to develop this sense of self-confidence and perseverance and grit through the highs and lows of everything that we go through. The last mindset marker, so the sixth and final mindset marker, I think that that champions perceive ambiguity, they sort of love it, right? There's this little bit of adrenaline rush of excitement that comes with ambiguity. And that mindset marker is, ah, yeah, this is where greatness can happen, all right? And so, you know, how does that happen, right? How can we take ambiguity and shift it from this anxiety-provocative situation and scenario to uh, an energizing, exciting perspective? And I think that that 
that that is a choice. I mean, how we choose to perceive ambiguity is how we are going to live with in and through ambiguous situations, ambiguous projects that we're on, ambiguous life situations and scenarios. And so, you know, one way that you can do that, right? It sort of goes back to mindset marker one is preparation drives confidence. So you have to do what you can with what you know, and then let the chips fall where they may. So I have a great example of this. When I was, um, I took my first internship at IMG Academy. I was, I just finished my first year of my master's program at the University of Denver, which is hands down, in my opinion, one of the best um, master's level graduate training programs in sports psychology that you can get from an academic perspective and from an applied perspective. Um, I, I was in finals week. I was actually leaving classes a week early so that I could start my internship at IMG Academy, which is an athletic training facility down in Bradenton, Florida. Unbelievable. If you don't know about IMG, take a look. They do awesome retreats for teams and organizations. Um, just a comprehensive training facility. And, and again, one of the best places for applied practitioners for mental conditioning. And so I was thrilled. But leaving classes early meant I had to bump up my final projects, presentations, everything on top of just your my normal workload. Um, and I was trying to sublet my apartment and find a place to live down in Florida. So I had all of the, I put all of these balls in the air and, and getting my projects done. And I knew I had a lot of work, right? And that was my priority. But I also knew I needed to find a place to stay. So I started sending messages out to the Notre Dame Alumni Club in Florida to contacts I knew. Um, putting um, renting, putting my sublet place up in Denver um, because I knew I couldn't afford to have two places simultaneously. So I put all these balls up based on what I knew I could control. And then I said, all right, God, all these balls are in the air. If you could coordinate and align these and somehow find me somewhere to stay in Florida now, I have to step away and I have to focus on getting my work done. And so um, I did that. I dominated my papers and my finals and my presentations. And I hit the road for a five-day drive to Florida not knowing where I was going to land when I got there. And so on day two of my cross-country road trip, which was actually very awesome. I stopped at a couple states I'd never been to, uh, Mississippi, Alabama, Oklahoma, and I actually stopped and toured uh, different football facilities. And so a lot of people weren't there, but you know the, the stadium was open in Oklahoma, for example. So I took my heels off and I ran down the field um, in Oklahoma Stadium. And then I, I stopped in Mississippi and went and visited Old Miss and got to see Auburn. It was just an incredible road trip experience. But again, day two of my trip, I get a call from a random family in Florida from the Notre Dame Alumni Club down there who said they would be willing to host me for the entire summer. And so I literally showed up on these people's doorsteps and met them for the first time when I pulled into Florida. And to this day, they have become family. And again, that tight, like if I had really intentionally tried to figure out and plan and and get an apartment and pay for all of this and, and chalk all of that up, I would have never had the opportunity to meet this amazing family and for them to become a critical part of my life. I wound up going back to IMG the next summer to work and lived with them again, spent Thanksgiving with them one year. And again, like this, this is where greatness can happen, you know, and that's my perspective of, well, as long as I do everything that I possibly can that is within my control to generate activity, then 
let the chips fall where they may. And oftentimes it turns out way better than we can ever anticipate, right? Because if I was pulling only on the strings that I knew were there, it would have never led me to this family because they were on strings that I didn't know existed. And so that's, you know, as champions, as people who are really committed to trying to create the best experiences, the best scenarios and the best possibilities, sometimes we have to know that there's things out there that we don't know what we don't know. And in order to activate and get engaged with those elements, we have to work really hard, put all the balls up in the air that we know, and then say, all right, let's see how this unfolds. Um, and, and again, that's where greatness can happen. So quick recap, six mindset markers of a championship mindset and ambiguity. Preparation breeds confidence. Contingency plans aren't backup plans. There's no failure. There's only feedback. Closed doors are blessings. Clear values drive consistent behavior. And ambiguity is where greatness happens. Man, it has been awesome talking with you about this. I feel like we shared some great stories today and I hope really helped you see how ambiguity is going to happen. It's out there every day, um, both in the short term of our lives and the long plan of our lives. And so learning how to deal with that in an effective and productive way that minimizes our own stress and anxiety and really helps position us to be effective when the next opportunity or option comes open, that's where we need to be in terms of, of thinking and acting like champions. I've got a lot of resources that I hope can help you as you continue to build your championship mindset. The first is if you check out our website, um, there's going to be a box that pops up that you can input your email. And right off the bat, you'll start getting, um, not it's not obnoxious amount because I know I'm on listservs as well, and some of them are obnoxious, but some of them are very helpful. And so I just want to send you some free content. The, the first thing that I want to send you is 11 Mindset Principles of Greatness. And so it's really simple PDF that walks you through just 11 Mindset Principles of true greatness. Um, and again, that can be found on our website at www.selkingperformance.com. And you can reach out to me there as well, but also directly via email at amber at selkingperformance.com because I'd love to look at what it what it could be for, for me to come speak to your team or organization on this topic of mindset and, and systems to help generate performance excellence on your team. And then we're on all the social media platforms. So you can follow me on Twitter at, at Dr. Selking, on Instagram at Selking Performance, and we're on Facebook at Selking Performance Group as well. And um, it's just really exciting all the things that we can, all the spaces. I mean, our brains are in every place that there's humans working, right? And so whether you're in a in the boardroom or the locker room or anywhere in between in, in any business sector, really, and also, I mean, the military is a huge employer of sports psych and, and the medical field as well. And so, you know, m- my areas of focus tend to be uh, the corporate space and the sports space. Um, but we can apply these concepts of mindset to anything. And and we're really committed at the Selking Performance Group to make it really personal and really integrated into your business and and helping really create um, a a spark and an understanding of the personal responsibility it takes on each individual in your organization to think right and to build mindsets that that are conducive for individual and team performance. And so... You know, we've got two books, uh, e-books out currently that are um, fables, basically, on a little uh, little bee called Zip. Um, two stories that look at how do we bring dreams to fruition and then how do we really generate uh, and activate our strengths to drive performance excellence. 
But on all those fun things, guys, I'd just really re- appreciate it if you could rate and review us on, on iTunes. If you don't have time to write an actual review, if you just see the stars lined up, if you can press whatever star you feel like is effective for this podcast, it really helps us um, be able to show our sponsors, right? at Bright, Brightview Medical, who, who's been an incredible sponsor for us for season two, but those that we ask to sponsor in the future, that this podcast is having a difference and making an impact. So if you could do that for us, it would really mean a lot to me. Share it with your friends and family. And again, just reach out if there's anything that that we can do to support you or your organization. Well, thank you so much for joining us again on Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Selke. And from the locker room to the boardroom, I challenge you to continue building your championship mindset. This episode of Building Championship Mindsets is brought to you by Brightview Medical. Brightview Medical has a unique approach to healthcare. Providing patient-centered, personalized care, they provide support from start to finish that makes you feel like family. With their timely and accurate lab results and image results, Brightview provides a peace of mind unlike any other. If you don't know what you're doing or you feel a little scared about the process, it's okay. Brightview provides a personalized care and support throughout the entire process. They've created this advantage by having an expansive in-house team of physicians, nurses, therapists, and technicians. Unlike a traditional insurance model, they start with a full body scan using this new GE Revolution CT scanner. And probably one of the best things about this entire process is it takes less than a total of nine minutes. Brightview Medical, better imaging, brighter diagnosis, brighter future.